everyone and welcome back to no beer left behind i am brian and i am joined by the great frank in austin frank your microphone is muted how are you i'm doing well brian uh, how are you doing tonight i'm doing great you know what i really like the old light up microphone because i can tell when it's on when it's off and it helps troubleshoot on the fly you know keep it up i like that yeah i had my doubts but it's uh it's a nice mic like it it's strategically important is what it is it's like uh luxembourg right and that yep. strategically important yeah yeah it's switzerland always stayed neutral because they could always decide whose air base they wanted in yeah that's good makes sense money so. never sleeps baby yep how's your week been this is true i didn't mean to step over you there but how's your week been buddy i know we talked about it before the cast you got some home renovations happening yeah it's been good man i mean we're probably a couple weeks away maybe well could happen at any time from introducing the child to the world so trying to get some of the last minute stuff hammered out including a patio project so that flagstone patio i made last year um trying to get a cover over it Mm -hmm. uh, so that it can be an outdoor kitchen type area in the next year or so, just doing it kind of a step at a time. And, um, yeah, they started on Tuesday. They've already got the, um, posts and headers up and should start on the roof trussing tomorrow. So it's been, it's been a pretty, pretty rapid development. It's a part, part pergola, part covered roof, um, kind of a, a hybrid. It's, Yin and Yang duality of man situation happening out there. Duality of man. no, um, but in any case, uh, it's it's exciting. It's always nice when you're like you're putting your money to use, but you're like doing something you know is gonna pay off, right? So yeah. it's it's like a no brainer at this point. I mean, for what we bought this house and what it can sell for, it's like you're not gonna lose money, making it a little bit more livable. So. Um, in any case, tonight I decided to do a little something special because I bought a nice beer that I didn't know was going to be as good um, at HEB last night called Trejo Cerveza. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never had it before. Uh, and I'm putting that up against the Live Oak Pills because they're two fairly common lager, Pilsner, whatever varietals. Um, around this region so i've seen this trejo cerveza in a couple spots i've just never bought it um and if they're in heb you'll, you'll be able to get them um and then live oak obviously is live oak it's everywhere so i'm, I'm trying to kind of put them to a test here so i'm starting with the live oak and it's just a great beer live oak is phenomenal i still need to get my hands on some of their grudzitski um but oh that's all over this this joint uh, so I had I have seen Trejo Cerveza. That's it's the face of Danny Trejo mm -hmm. on the can of this, uh, and it's a traditional Mexican cerveza, but it's a an American Mexican cerveza. Don't know how they pull that off, but um, it's I, I didn't realize it was made by Lincoln Beer Company out of Burbank, California. 
I've, I've seen that can as well. I didn't know where the hell it came from. Yeah, I, me neither. Um, that's why I kind of, it doesn't say even on here, I don't think that it's made. Yeah. It just says com. DT Unlimited is the registered trademark. Danny Trejo Unlimited. Yeah. Oh, okay. On the back. Yeah. And it's not made in California. It's made in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So uh, they oh. use Brees Pilsen Malt. Hold up. Weiermann. Fireman. Munich. Munich. Yeah. <sighs> Munich Type 1 Malt. Flaked Rice. Flaked Maize. Magnum Hops. Tetanung Hops. Lager Yeast. It's a really good beer. Hold um, up. You said it's made in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's what it says on the label. And it doesn't say anything about Lincoln Beer Company? It does. Don't appear. I wonder if they contract brew it for nationwide distribution out of Stevens Point. Because Stevens Point, I think, is where uh, there was an old PBR brewery. Could be. Or there was another like macro lager brewery that is no more. Well, I will give this a solid... Um, is it as good as the fresh Altstadt lager? No, but is it damn close? It's damn close. It is a very well-made lager. Give it a solid, solid rating. It's not cheap though. A four pack, I want to say is like eight bucks, nine bucks. Um, so it's not the cheapest one, but I gave it a whirl just cause you know, I'm always up for a good lager. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, on my sort of sliding scale, it fall. So to me, Altstadt makes the best lager and Pilsner's local to Texas. Then probably Live Oak Pils to me is the next one. And this will fall right between those two. Because I think this is a little slightly better than Live Oak Pils. Ever slightly. So maybe like Live Oak's a four, this one's like a four two. Hmm. Altstadt's like a four eight. That shit's pretty damn near perfect. Ja. So, I'm sorry, I got lost in the old Stevens Point Brewing. Like, where the hell? How the hell? So yeah, Point Brewing in Stevens Point makes a large list of brands, and I would guess that's where their contract brewed out of. Got it. Interesting as shit, man. Um, yeah, no, I like a good lager. I don't like paying a whole lot for a good lager, but at the same time. I can appreciate a well-made lager. I, I too, actually have yeah. an Allstadt lager in the refrigerator that I'll be having after this um, just because I missed it. Um, and yeah, and it's, you know, we're getting into that time of the summer where, like, the Oktoberfests are starting to come out, which I, I love. Um, well, they started really in August, but you're starting to see some of the bigger ones come out or reach the stores, and you can actually buy them. Um St. Arnold released theirs, I want to say, like, middle August, and it just sits on the shelf because that shit is way too spicy for me. I do, I do not enjoy their We've gone over Oktoberfest. this. Oh, okay. In any case, um, I just saw tonight Sam Adams, I think, is an HEB now. Um, it wasn't, like, a week or a bit ago. <clears throat> so, exciting part of the year, but since summer decided to be late to this part of Texas... I still can't sit out on the patio when it's a hundred out and crack open an Oktoberfest. <laughs> it feels like cheating. So maybe this time of the evening I could enjoy them. Nah. But I, I was buying stuff for like, oh my god, I just got done running, you know, took a shower, whatever. I need a cold beer, not you know, sit out and smoke a cigar. So pretty soon here, daylight savings will kick in and 
it'll be 6.30 and dark, and then we can start cracking Oktoberfest. Oh, I mean, I can crack a Merits and Beer 24-7, 365. Just enjoy it. It's like what I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking a Guinness Extra Stout, mainly because I found it in my uh, kegerator fridge this afternoon or this evening. I uh, opened it to grab a 12-pack of uh, Yingling Flight that I had stored in there. I just had just a 12-pack box. So I yep. grabbed the box out, and I heard glasses like ring, like clanking together behind my keg in the kegerator. I was like, what the fuck is back there? I look back, and I've got yep. a uh, bottle of Guinness Extra Stout and a bottle of 2018 Lakewood temp- Bourbon Barrel Aged Temptress. Ooh, okay. So I was like, so, oh, fuck. Do you recall how we rated that? Uh, so I remember we had, when you and the missus were up uh, two years ago, we had a 2018-2019 uh, back-to-back tasting and it was good uh wasn't great uh the 2018 the year at the time it was only a year old and it, it wasn't the worst beer we had that and it wasn't the worst special beer we had that night but it definitely wasn't the best special beer we had that night um i think that was the one we had that big round table uh podcast where parker joined us too because it's for my i want to say it was for my birthday in 2019 fuck yep. i don't know when the hell it was Anyway, we had two-year-old and, like, that year's version of Bourbon Bell Temptress. Wait, but we also did a video tasting with all, with the wives. So that we was... We did a flight of four. Wasn't that Temptress? No, okay, so No, did, that was Bourbon County Stout. Yeah, we did Bourbon County Stout. That was five years of Bourbon County Stout. I still have the That's video right. of us tasting that. That was early on in my uh, video creating days, and uh, I'm going to be honest... Not good. It was like our Herf cast that we did that one time. It's okay. Uh, I got. I would love to do it again uh, and take my learnings from the first couple times and uh, do something different. Uh, which, spoiler alert, I am building a little mini rig for us to do such a Herf cast situation and do it from my action camera. So we'll have good, high quality video. It'll be wide enough angle where we can look skinny and uh, be sitting far enough apart. And uh, we'll have external audio captured off of it. So it'll just be, oh, it'll be great. Fantastic. Yeah. So little things like that where I'm not going to bring out my fucking high-end mirrorless camera with a fucked up lens and a shitty backdrop just because we need lighting. Yeah. We'll get it set up better. Yeah. No, I've grown so much uh, in the year uh, since we tried that cast and the two years that we, since we tried literally a fucking half decade vertical of bourbon county brand stout which that was surprisingly good it was i think there were only two of them that did not and one of them was like only a year old <laughs> yeah uh and the but the one, old ones all tasted good i think it was the it one was, that was a year and then the one that was a little too old yeah yeah um but that was fun man that was good yeah times. I, it's good to do stuff like that it's like it makes you appreciate consistency more than anything i am going to need to do that again soon with 120 minute ipa because i now have six years of 120 minute ipa some of those years i have double bottles or like the off uh the sorry villain is dinging the doorbell which i didn't realize makes the sound that it does um the uh the I have like three, two or three years where they did two releases of 120 minute and I have those mm-hmm. in line too. So we're looking at like, by the time we get this together, this year's will be in there too. So it'll be like 10 bottles of 120 minute IPA. It's going to be a fucking, I'm going to need some help taking that down. 
Um, speaking of needing some help, Villem's here with us tonight. Villem from Tulsa. I, I, wow. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just, just thought I'd throw sh- just random shots. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you? Dandy. I'm drinking a Guinness Extra Stout in honor of Villem. Oh, nice. Good beer, huh? Right? That's yeah, so tasty. I was giving Frank a hard time because he was like, I can't drink Oktoberfest, you know, when it's real hot outside. And I'm like sipping a pitch black beer. Uh, it's like, it's oh, a little different, though. It is. Guinness. It is. Anyway, what are you drinking? I, I saw you hold up the neck of a bottle. Yeah, I was starting to hold it up. But I just drink. Big wave. Kona big wave again. Last of the six pack. I've been drinking Miller Lite Tallboys all week while I do all kinds of work around my house. Uh Getting it ready for my parents. <laughs> also just getting it gussied up from my parents. Just getting it back in order in general. You know how it gets. Oh yeah, I like I like a little bit of chaos thrown around the house. I'll just move a bed off the frame for a bit and just see what happens. You know, it's like sometimes you have to let the stuff pile up so that it motivates you to start actually doing. It. You know I mean? <laughs> it's I like, just to, like disastrous. I like, I like to not to be able to open a door because something crashed behind it, and I'm just like, you know what? I'll clean it up later. We'll just let that dust gather on it a bit. <laughs> no, I you talked to the king of it. Like this couch behind me had. I don't want to over-exaggerate, but a metric ton of dog hair on it for about six, eight weeks. I just let it sit there, like to the point where the dog wouldn't even get up on the couch for a while. He's like, that's <laughs> fucking gross. And uh, then I bought a goddamn carpet cleaner, <laughs> like a whole ass rug doctor, like portable yeah. fucking machine to clean the couch. And I was like, I cleaned it. And he looked at me like, you son of a bitch. You ruined it. I had it just the way I wanted. Mind you, he's the only person, he's the only, only person in this house who uses that couch no one else uses it it's just that must have been so satisfying to get all that up oh it was disgusting is what it was oh it was so gross i just remember like i went through two tanks two cleaning tanks on the old uh machine and it's like it's decent it's good not great it's one of those bissell green spot cleaner things it's fucking eh. nothing special but the rug doctor well, I wasn't going to rent a rug doctor and pick it up and put it on the fucking couch and drag it off. I mean, it's a bit the of a problem. Way, the Ellis way is to always rent the rug doctor oh. and just do a day of fabric and carpet cleaning. Bro, that's exactly my plan. So I am planning on taking off at some point in time in like October, oh, beginning of November, and just yeah. rug doctoring all the carpet in my house, which it, admittedly okay. is not a whole lot because we got a lot of tile throughout the house and yeah. like I'm not going to do the fucking guest room or my daughter's room which is mid, like mostly covered by a giant rug anyway so I'm like fuck it whatever but might, might you add upholstery to that day because they come with a, a wand uh, attachment use. Yeah. so I'm going to one up that now I've been eyeing a uh, an actual fucking machine like a I think this one's a Hoover uh, but it's got the same the same uh, width of the as the rug doctor. It's got rated as the same suction as the rug doctor, which I'm all for. Um, but if I can have it at my house, I mean that's that's fucking. I just can't. But how? Wait. I'm okay. So how much is this machine? Yeah. Okay. So let's not get into the metrics of it because I understand that a rug doctor is like five six hundred bucks. No, but it's it's like 
$30 a day to rent. Yeah, I know. Well, this... Yeah, who buys? I don't think anyone really buys a rug doctor. Can you even do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what? If Michael Scott has taught me anything, it's better to buy than to rent, you know? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm so glad I I'm bought so this Zumo suits. <laughs> yeah, you never know. He may just buy it and inflate it halfway if he needs it, you know? You may not need to go full Sumo. All that to say, uh, the machine I'm looking at, I want to say it's a Hoover or a Bissell, one of the two, and it's right around the 140 to 180. Oh, okay. Range. You can't really go wrong with that. And I was like, you know what? If nothing else, like even if we use it six times, like it's <laughs> paid for itself and I don't have to go to the fucking store and drag That's a big ass rug doctor around. Um, plus those have little mini attachments too. So I can you know do little spots every now and then. Uh, this other one, I got it also for my car so I can do the old seats and we got a kiddo who decides, oh yeah, no, cool. Chocolate pop tarts are an awesome thing to have on a tan fucking cloth interior. <laughs> It just looks like someone got really surprised in the backseat of my wife's car. Like, it's fucking atrocious back there. So, no. yeah. But, all that like to say. Like the bathroom in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, exactly. He's just <laughs> fucking sweating. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I understand. What, all that to say, I know what it's like to let stuff build up a bit so you can get it a nice deep clean. Uh, I fucking mopped all the uh, tile in my house on Sunday. Don't know what got like what bug got up my ass there, but literally moved everything off the floor, mopped the entire house, and I was like, "Hey, I accomplished something." Went outside and washed my car. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck yeah!" It started raining while I was washing my car. I was like, "Fuck you and fuck yeah!" So, <laughs> it was well worth it though. Have y'all ever you, used one of those? The car. Do what? You hand wash the car? Oh yeah. Um. Have y'all ever used one of those foam cannons? Yeah, they're good. Fantastic. I, just an attachment for the hose? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just literally just a little attachment. It looks like, you know how you spray uh, pesticides or like like water-based fertilizer on your yard? It's got yeah. a little canister in there. You set the dial to how much it sucks up as the water passes through it. Except it's got a little uh, wand agitator thing that injects a hell of a lot more uh, air into the old water stream as it's flowing through. Okay. So did yeah. that, used that on the old car, thought I, I read all the instructions correctly, boom, turned out, used way too much fucking soap. Uh, uh, the entire- I did that the first time too. But in the end, like the lather prevents, prevents swirls, so you just have to rinse forever is essentially what you did. Yeah, uh, to the point where about two hours later, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Brian came home and there were still about a quarter mile of suds uh, down the front of our house. Oh my god! It was Are you, like polluting your waterways. I fucking killed. I killed at least two ducks. I think out of all that. Yeah. They're, they're fucking not happy. They at least have violent diarrhea. Uh, there's so much soap. So I mean, when I say suds, I mean a fucking about eight ten inches wide, Higher all the way the down. All the way, we don't have a curb. We have those like rolling curb situations in our neighborhood, but it's enough to like change. Like when you run the sprinklers, you fucking, you know who's running the sprinklers because it, oh, water starts here and runs all the way down there. It was all the way past where like there's a little intersection about five houses down, kept fucking going. It was was a lot, a lot of suds and it was just never ending. It was like, oh my word. You know what? Car looks great. Put a new Chelsea sticker on the back of my car too. So, fuck yeah, let's do this. Nice. Yeah, it was a good productive weekend, y'all. That's what I was up to. It was clean nice. and shit. Productive weekend. Mm. 
Okay. Well, that are you right? I thought Villain. Uh, yeah, I thought Villain said he had a productive week. I thought there was a follow on there. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I can tell you. <laughs> I did a lot of things too. I, I don't have to tell you all that. It's you know. No, I mean you could generally got the garden prep one for thing, the fall, okay, etc. One big thing I did was there's this really weird <laughs> cinder block foundation of some old structure. It looks to be an old garage or something, and. This has just like the worst fucking dirt, and it's riddled with objects and things, <laughs> like old objects and little you know glass bottles and whatever else. But like you wouldn't grow anything in this, and but the weeds were growing in this thing, and it looked fucking terrible. So I weeded that out, and then I got like six bags of mulch, and I put the mulch down. It wasn't enough mulch. That's I'm gonna right. get, like that. <laughs> And tomorrow, finish it up. Uh, but it looks so much better, and it just feels really good to have gotten that done. That is, it's good. It's like feeling little things along the way that you're accomplishing is it's pretty fun. For sure. I mean, I'll say every Brit big project that I've undertaken, it, it takes too long for that to happen. So. <laughs> Sometimes in the middle of it, you're like, God damn, is this ever going to be done? It feels great at the end. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, when I put the garden bed together, took a day, looked great afterwards. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always like bite the off. Of the ocean. Huh? Some of them, it's like you're in the middle of the ocean on like a long swim. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That yeah. seems to be a lot of the ones that I get involved in. But I, I you think know. you described it best last year, Frank, when you're, I don't remember what project you were working on, but it, literally he just described it as I grossly underestimated every project that I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's consistent for me. What I do is like, I'll have like my ultimate thing for what I'm going to call the pit now uh, was like, Oh good. That, that's, that worked out great pebbles, for parks and rec. That's good. Screening with like a, fire pit area you know conversation pit sort of area some seating along the cinder block and whatever that was like made out of two by fours and you know whatever else and it'd be really nice some string lighting and so then i was like what's like the most what's the most torn down of that like what's important there okay there needs to not be weeds <laughs> and it, if you put some like red mulch down it'll look kind of nice you know, and then I started with that, and then I'll put. Some, I'm actually gonna put some tiki torches up to make it look better. I'll go snag a chimenea, and I'll have like you know something pretty. Wham bam, thank you. Man. Yeah, it'll be functional. I want to throw yeah. out a naming idea. I heard you say like a conversation area. Let's call it the interrogation pit. Okay, I feel like that <laughs> rings a lot better, and uh, it gets more to the point. Okay, we're not hemming and hawing around. We're getting to the fucking nitty gritty here. All right. I'm leaving all the little things I found while I was weeding. I'm just leaving along the edge. That's so good. That's not creepy. There's like a consideration. <laughs> there's like a rusty corkscrew. There's some broken glass. <laughs> there's, an old, there's an old tuna lid. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That you peel up like you twist. Uh huh. Yeah, there's like one of those, like very old. Like if I press it, it just like crumples apart. <laughs> See, you can't have nice things like that though, Villem, because your friends are going to come over and they're going to think they're just in for a conversation. They can think they can touch your tuna can. No, yeah, that's I not mean, what if you... it breaks. It breaks. But there is a uh, there's a brick that's like from St. Louis or something that's old that that was pretty cool to find. 
And then I found a jar that was for women's hair product. Oh, thank uh, God you said product. I'm forgetting (laughs) just women's hair. (laughs) I'm forgetting the name of the the product now, but uh, that jar I took out and like put somewhere because I don't want it to break or anything. Well, I mean, do you have a jam rock? A jam rock? Mm-hmm. A rock where, where I jam? No, just a rock that says jam on it. Um, <laughs> we had this, like, leftover fucking uh, retaining wall stone that didn't match any of our, like, rock work in our house or in our retaining wall. It sat out in our backyard for, like, a, until last year. Uh, right. Just sat there, like, on the back patio collecting dust. So I cleaned right. it up and just painted the words J-A-M on it in Jamaican flag colors. So, <laughs> welcome to Jam Rock Plays every time I think of it. I feel That's like amazing. it's just... And then you put it on. Oh, yeah, of course. What every hang starts with, basically. Then. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think what I'll say from like the project perspective is because my house has no privacy fencing, whenever I start something, like I pretty much have to full board do it because otherwise... You see it Whoa. from the road, like you, you, you see, you're like, okay, so say I, I dug up the flagstone patio area, and I was like, shit, I'm just gonna leave this for a couple of weeks, <laughs> like, no, it wouldn't work, right? So, like, for me, the part that I underestimate isn't so much the fact that it's gonna be hard work. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's also just, just the scale of that. I mean, that's exactly project. So. In any case, yeah. Um, now you're getting this covering. I mean, that's also just a gigantic. Did you see the size of those beams? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, th- that I knew I couldn't do. Um, so I, I hired professionals to come do that. Okay. But um, for the even just the water softener install that I oh dug the, dug the trench for, I had to lift I, this this limestone thing. That the, the it probably weighs three four hundred pounds. This one stone, <laughs> I thought it was going to be simple. Um, I got it lifted. It, it it dug underneath it everything. But then again, there goes you know my back. Twelve hours, <laughs> thirteen hours trying to find the water line. That's another thirteen hours. Uh, yeah, so I, yo, I, did, that, I was getting some back spasms with the weeding. I must be you know be forthcoming as mm-hmm. this. Yeah. yeah, it's whenever you work those muscles that you never do. Yeah. Um, especially digging in soil, bending over and doing shit like that. It's not it's like hours of that has has significant I definitely um, learned from your experience on the water soccer thing. I also would have thought that like that would be doable. But I would not be trying that. Now, now I, I think there's you can learn a lot from all the things that I've attempted to do and <laughs> <laughs> have regretted. Um, especially, honestly, I, I'd say painting is my least favorite thing of them all. Like, painting. I really hate painting. Yeah, it's I such. It, yeah, it just takes forever. It takes for fucking ever. Like, oh, like house painting. Yeah. 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 What did you think? Frank picked up a hobby, and he's like, uh, "Oils, uh, oils on canvas is really." Uh, oh no, that I so that long. I would love to, love to uh, like find time for and do, but yeah, uh, painting the house, no, <laughs> no, no thanks. 
yeah, and like it gets to be very like boring and cumbersome, and then you start like where you don't give a fuck anymore, and that's when you make the little mistakes where like you know, but you just don't care because like fuck painting, like that's how. Yep. And then the problem is, is like when you make those mistakes at the time, you're like, oh, it's okay. But then you never yeah. unsee them. You never unsee them. So yeah, pa painting yeah. in all of the 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 at, like sort of stratosphere of housework is my least favorite. I really despise painting. I do not enjoy it at all. Yeah, I actually quite enjoy painting. It's nice. Yeah, some people to, get chill. My wife likes it. She like relaxes when she does it. Being able to tape everything off, make sure those lines are nice and creased down. Ooh, let me get the floor coverings down, make sure those don't get fucked up. And then I'm like, oh, oh, let me get to cut in. Oh, I get to cut in around the ceilings and around the wall. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. Yep. Nope. Um, okay, so the uh, what I wanted to kind of quickly bring up is I listened to this podcast today that was discussing the ivermectin surge mm -hmm. usage, okay? And granted, we should all be shaking our heads that Americans are taking ivermectin. They did bring up a very good point that I think is worthy of discussion. So um, a lot of the places where ivermectin is actually causing significant issues are in the third world because they still don't have readily available vaccines. And actually in some of those places, doctors are prescribing it um, to patients because they don't have anything else to give them, uh, which is really sad. So um, if you're an American taking ivermectin, you are an idiot. Um, also, if you are an American taking ivermectin, the recent studies coming out show that it is 85% likely to sterilize you. So maybe just a bit of karma there. Um, but only 15% chance that I won't be sterilized. That's true. So um, glass half full of but dead, it, uh, it, it, fucking in any case, semen. So maybe that means Joe Rogan sterilized. I think he probably was. 85% chance that he is. Yeah. yeah. That's a B. That's a okay, beat, yeah. baby. <laughs> so I I found that kind of interesting. So yeah, it actually does have valid treatment. Um, so there, what it normally is used for is uh, river blindness, um, which is it's a it's an Oregon Trail disease. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. It's like a Central African type. Oh. Only a couple places in the world where people still get this disease, but that's what it's normally used for. Doctors tried to kind of use it for COVID. It's been proven not to work, but um, apparently it also sterilizes men. So maybe Joe Rogan sterilized. Who knows? I, you know what pisses me off is when he released that video saying that he tested positive and they threw everything at it and they listed like you know the shit that uh donald trump took and that greg abbott took when they both tested positive uh i forget what the hell it is it's a long name but it's like you know one of the few things that has been proven to like boost your immune system and fucking help your body fight this shit mm -hmm. uh that is also so fucking expensive that the average person will never be able to take that 
And they're like, yeah, but ivermectin, I took that too. Or just, you know, I feel better after three days. Like, hey, dipshit, could it be the fucking actual proven medicines that uh, you took? Also, the fact that you probably were vaccinated uh, that also helped you throughout this entire thing. Not, but none of those. None, none of those. None of those registers. Just whatever the last thing you took was. That's what cured you. That makes sense. <clears throat> that, that makes sense. Liver flavored horse paste. That's what. That's what did it for me. <laughs> you know, whatever. I fucking. I, hmm. The vaccine's free. Like, do people know that? Like, I feel like enough people don't know that. <laughs> Like, mm. You don't need to figure out what feed store has this shit that you can almost kill yourself with. Uh, you can just go to fucking CVS, really and truly. Yep. They'll fucking stick you in the arm, and then they'll call you back in three or four weeks and stick you again. Free. But if cancer is the vaccine, then so much else of their worldview is incorrect. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah, we're all on the same page. All right, so... I fucking, I, people suck. They really goddamn suck. I, fucking idiots. Just goddamn assholes. Did y'all see that there was going to be a uh, rally in Washington, D.C. this weekend? I did, and I I think the... What kind? Oh. FBI? Oh, no, good, good. Villain's got a good question. What kind of rally? Uh, it's to support the people who uh, have been arrested for the January 6th uh, insurrection. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah, it's so uh, these. These are the people who vowed to be back. <laughs> can this be some form of insurrection? I, I mean, about eighty-five percent chance. I think honestly, it's, it's boy, <laughs> they better be very. Careful. Well, I bet. I bet at this point they're gonna line that lawn uh. with those heat wave guns <laughs> that they have. That immediately makes you feel like you're on fire until uh. you get out of the microwave zone. That would be the. I would do that tomorrow. Like. If these people are going to line up and they want to get too close to any of the buildings, just fucking nail them with that microwave wow. guy. Well, and I would definitely like be very so the with my, you know, justice on whatever happens. Yeah, the FBI already um, told their field office and a bunch of everybody else, the, the DOJ and whatnot, to be ICP on too. guard mm-hmm. because the, um, the the chatter that they're seeing on social media or these corners of the internet is that some of these people are actually going to bl- bring like guns this time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's comical that these fucks think that at some point they're going to find enough militias to overthrow a government that has nuclear weapons. Right. I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I, we sent in like fractions of like literally just very small numbers of people and overthrew other countries, governments. Mm -hmm. And we have done it for decades. The fuck do you think you're going to do? Like really and truly the fuck do you think? Yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing separating you from a spot in Guantanamo is the fact that your ass was born here. That's it. Yep. Like literally it. You are threatening the US government with annihilation and you think you're different than the Taliban. Like what are you even on? Oh, they are different from the Taliban. They're goddamn American terrorists. That's the the one thing that I did want to bring up on this cast. Thank you for segueing into it. Um, people comparing the Texas Republican Party to the Ameri- to uh, call it, calling them uh, and comparing them to the Taliban. Stop doing that. They're just fucking fascist. 
that's all they are. They're fucking assholes. They're not. They're not any different. Yes, but let's not besmirch the good name of the Taliban when these motherfuckers are right down the street. I think the 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 comparison comes with the religious fundamentalism and like the, the control over women's bodies. They really don't fucking give a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fascist. Yeah. That's also uh, what they can be called. It is also. Yeah, I know, but. It's just trying to draw the parallel and say just because one's Christianity and one's Islam doesn't mean that. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. But I also want to make sure we call them what they are, which is fucking. Yeah. No, I, I don't have an issue with calling them fascists. I mean, the Taliban are fascists as well. I think it's just ironic that these people devolved from a movement that was so anti-Afghanistan. Like, what did it take them? Five days to flip from save Afghan refugees to don't bring them to my hood? Which everybody knew. It took them 35, 30 seconds to say, you don't have the right to tell me to wear a mask to you have to have an abortion. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more talking about the dishonesty in their foreign policy. I'm talking about the policy in their fucking front yard. No, I, I get it. I I'm, I'm just I, trying to make a different point. We can make that point in a second. What I'm saying is, is I, when it came to the Afghanistan thing, Bible. right, they wanted to throw Biden under the bus for a fucking week straight. And then when he finally did get everybody out that he said he would get out and attempt to get out, it's the largest humanitarian airlift in the history of this world, okay, took place. Over 100,000 people were evacuated within nine days. So... That took place. That did happen, right? So now these people need places to go. And predictably, we said it on this cast, wait until they try to to, to rehome these people in the U.S. These people are going to be back saying, we don't want them in my neighborhood. And it, it has started to happen all over the place. Tom Cotton came out today with that. Some idiot in fucking Missouri came out with it two days ago. These people literally have had seven days since this thing is over to now all of a sudden changing into... You know, we're back to hating Muslims again, which isn't it's no one's surprised. Like that was total dishonest uh, pandering that they cared about Afghans. They don't give a shit about Afghans. Um, anybody that's not a Christian and that's not white is essentially not part of their interest or voting bloc. So they just don't fucking care. Nope. And that's that's pretty much what it is. So if in the end, you know, whatever we call them, they are simply no different than these fascist movements all around the globe. Yeah. The Taliban being one of them. So um, they just happen to be equally as religious and evangelical about their shit. Cause they celebrated this abortion ban as being a, like everybody else was like, okay, uh, maybe don't pass this. This isn't a good law. Um, like every moderate Republican in the country sent these senators in Texas phone calls, letters, whatever. They're like, guys, not the battle to fight. You know, fight it in the courts. This is way too much press. It's going to blow everything up. They did it anyways. And then the evangelicals came out and they called it a heartbeat bill. Yeah. It's amazing and how that that's, spin happened. Yeah. Right? Absolutely transparent, right? Like, all the polling tells them no one supports a heartbeat bill. All of the polling. Like, there is a 20-some-odd percent uh, portion of society that supports this level of extreme abortion ban. You are much better off, quite frankly, based on polling. Now, not that I agree with it, but based on polling, 
going are, like are you about 16... to give them a great idea don't give them any great ideas okay no from, no okay. no the, the polling's sure. there it's not it's not a great idea either way but i think 16 weeks or 20 some odd weeks start it starts going up at like a, a pretty significant trajectory so i think i want to say 16 weeks has like 42 percent support amongst um society like there there is some support for a time frame um, and that's that's polling, whether or not you agree with it or whether or not it's completely accurate. Um, you can formulate policy around it if that's truly what you want to do. But they went for the dumbest of all the approaches uh, at the dumbest time when they've got midterm elections, primaries coming up here in like two months. Uh-huh. Um, and why? Like, what is the benefit that they gain? Nothing. There's nothing to gain well, by it, banning abortions in Texas when Mexico just approved all. It allows <laughs> it allows Abbott to run on his new platform of we're going to stop race, rapists. Yeah, exactly. We're, Which we're he didn't in, even think of. We're right? like, ending that's rapists. That's just a comment that came off the top of the dome He's and like, goes to show how dumb this dude is. <laughs> he might as well have fucking snapped his fingers. Finger guns. I got the idea. We're going to end rape. Oh, how we it's good seriously though we're gonna do that yep we're taking it off we're gonna stop it in the streets yeah there's I mean, reason number 2576 as to why that tree limb should have just finished them off that fucking piece of shit you know what if it was that, a real that texas tree, that elm, tree that tree is a quitter we should find it and we should cut it down yeah don't tread on me yeah. abbott's fucking wheelchair wheels with the tread on the dude is yeah exactly yeah avid avid starts rolling in on 22 wide beam tire <laughs> he's got spinners at the next press conference piece yeah. of shit yeah that dude's trash he's Fuck absolute yeah. human trash there's there's nothing to be said about greg abbott other than despicable human being doesn't deserve to breathe the same air as everybody else like <sighs> that dude he's he's masterpiece theater and what narcissism does to a person uh, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Lieutenant Governor or one of the other pieces of shit in Austin at a press conference a couple weeks ago, uh, straight up blame black people for uh, the COVID numbers increasing in the state of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Which bold, well, bold he, move, he, Cotton. It's, bold move. <laughs> it's funny because I think the way that he phrased it is minority groups and then said, especially the black community. And everybody was like, okay, it's a weird... Um, weird context. And then he, then I think he went on to say, because they like to congregate. Yeah. Something like that. And it was like, what? Like, okay. I mean, I like to congregate with my neighbors and, Mm-mm. you know, do you think maybe this has something to do with the education that you guys have given any community on the vaccine? Because you've done nothing. Frank, he points at his skin that matches yours, just rubs yeah. it and shakes his head. No, you don't get to congregate. Yeah. You get to roam free, I guess, and just graze about the countryside with you and your fellow white folk. That's what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's we don't have mobile vaccine clinics in this state. We've got literally they're like, oh, yeah, you need to walk to CVS or Walgreens or your local county office might have them like vaccine drives. Yeah. Other states have literal mobile vaccine mobiles that go into minority neighborhoods, educate people door to door. We don't want that because we don't want f- uh, fake voters registering in the vaccine vans. That's right. It's you're right. Yeah. We, we, could, damn right. we could be risking them also walking people through how to get a voter ID. Right. <laughs> we can't <laughs> fucking have that. Can we? Darn. 
Yeah, checkmate. Yeah. Checkmate, you got me there. Be- yeah, J- fucking your turn, Beto. Now fucking yeah. come at me with some good shit there. I fucking... Well, I, 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 will, I will respect... By the way, just shout out to Beto. He is trying to do exactly what Stacey Abrams did in yes. Georgia. He is registering hundreds of thousands of voters in the state that have never voted before mm-hmm. and educating them on how to vote. Not not who to vote for, but how they can exercise their right to vote. And that is very, very, very difficult work. That is some of the most difficult sort of hit the ground, boots on the ground political work you can do. Yep. Shit is not easy. It's really frustrating, too, because at ACL, the people will register always register 18 year olds because they try to get them early so that you know the voting population grows yep um so you can reproduce well yeah that's right um but they they try to get them early and the amount of shit that they get for just being out there registering people to vote i i would quit probably after two days it would just like be soul sucking to be out there day after day mrs brian registered people to vote at warp tour Dope. Yeah. Awesome. Why do they get yep. shit for registering people to vote? That you, 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 you have get, the conservatives who believe that that's ballot. But this was a democracy. What the fuck? No, it's in democracy as long as you fucking agree with what I have to say. Piece of shit. Like that's what it boils down to. And even if you look like you don't agree with me, boom, right there. That's where the dividing line goes. It's yeah. almost like there's one party that's way more fucking racist than another. Anyway, uh, no. She she registered people to vote in 2007 at the 2007 Warp Tour, um, headlined by <clears throat> Mark Hoppus, Paul Wall, and Fallout Boy. <laughs> Fucking, okay, Fallout Boy. Check your see. calendars. Paul Wall at Warp Tour must have been quite the experience. Check your calendars at the door, folks. <laughs> Shit's getting wild. I think Blink 182 was there that year too. I can't remember, but I know that. And maybe and you know what? I know that Fallout Boy was there. Fallout Boy and Paul Wall might have been a separate tour. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, and it may have been. Well, I mean, this is luckily pretty easy Boy. to look up. I'll tell you the lineup in just a second. Yeah, look up. Look up. D- d- here's the Google search, Frank, because I don't want you to screw this up. Fallout Boy, three words, okay? Comma, <laughs> warped tour, comma, 2007, maybe 2008? Question mark, and then another comma, Blink 182? Question mark. Right, I'm just gonna tell you, Warp Tour was a lot bigger than it used to be. Um, or is a lot bigger. Oh. No, what used to be a lot bigger than it is now. That makes more sense. A, this was a three day thing. That's a lot. Um, if also it, had four stages. It looks like that seems about the right number of stages, five stages, six stages, seven stages. Sounds like you, you're describing a rocket with those many stages. Yeah. And they, they had like, the they had both the Hurley and the Hurley.com stage. No, obviously the dot com boom of the early two thousands. You guys yeah. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, We're on case. the internet now. No shit. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So the Warp Tour Dallas lineup was Bad Religion. Fuck yeah. Uh, all time low. Well, this is just an order now. Hold on. Let's it's see an alphabetical lineup. order. <laughs> yeah. Let me just see if there's anybody else that we know from there. <laughs> Uh, Jesus, there's a lot of trash on here. Something called Chiodos looks to be a early version of, I don't know. They all have helmet hair, though. Well, of course. That's, um, Coheed and Cambria. Uh, 
This may have been 2008. One. I've seen Coheed live. They're fucking, they were awesome. And then let's see here. KOS, which is a Canadian rapper that I've never heard of. Feels like that's anti-Semitic somehow. Not sure New, <laughs> Newfound Glory. Paramore. Uh, pepper. Pe- pepper? Just Pepper. Just Pepper. Mm. Uh, Pistolita, which... Wow, you have found the fucking... Never awesome. made it anywhere. Um, Jesus. Something called The Almost, which never <laughs> happened. Uh, <laughs> Almost a full name. Yeah. Uh, red suit or red jumpsuit apparatus. All right. Sick. Sick. Not bad. Um, the used. Not bad. Yellow card. Again, not bad. So this was not I'm, the year. I am so fucking confused as to how to read any of this shit. This is insane. It might have been 2008. I know that she was trying to register people to vote for Obama and... It was probably 2008. Yeah, that's Paramore, Gym Class Heroes, Jack's Mannequin. That seems more like a Cobra Starship. Yeah. Yep. Gexa Pavilion. Man, I don't know Je- where that Jex- is. It's Jexa Pavilion. It's now the Dosekis Amphitheater. Oh. It's, a, it's an outdoor <laughs> stage in uh, Dallas. It's. <sighs> well, I think I think this is where we're at. Angels and Airwaves. So Hell Blake was yeah. not there. No, yeah. Blake was not there. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't appear on stage at the same time or else the world would have fucking exploded, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Look for plus 44 would have been the other band. Oh, Ooh, yes. Plus 44 was good. Or some 41. Well, Jim Jim cl- Class Heroes. Yeah, they were good. Katie Perry. Fuck yeah. May Day Parade. This was a. This lineup was full of heat. Hell yeah. 303. You remember them. Yeah. Uh, the secret. MC Chris. Are you fucking Param- kidding me? Paramore back again. Yeah. Reliant, Reliant K. Yikes. Swayze. Swayze was good. Jack's Mannequin. Fuck. Uh, that's, yeah, this was a pretty good lineup. This, this one I could get in. The others, 90% of them never heard of them. Char- but Charlotte uh, sometimes. This is a fucking great name for a band. Let's just, let's just, hey guys, we're name this Abilene kinda. All right, welcome, just, welcome to the stage, <laughs> fucking Waco maybe. Yeah. So in any case, um, that's cool. Yeah, registering people to vote's neat. It's it's one of those kind of underrated civic duties because it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Fuck you no. get a lot of. It's sort of like trying to uh, get someone to take your nightclub card at uh, the corner in Las Vegas or Miami or whatever. It's like, yeah, dude, I'll take it and throw it in the trash. Thank you. <laughs> Trying to get people to come to the comedy show in Times Square. Well, see, but that's actually fun sometimes. Like, I, I think Willem Katie and I took up a dude one time on that. Yeah, you almost got fucking annihilated by a goddamn 18-year-old comedian from what I remember. The guy up on what? When, uh, I think it was in Chelsea or maybe Greenwich where the guy... Um, we tried to get into the comedy cellar, but it was full. And the guy said, you know, I've got some seats over here. I'm trying to fill this venue with people. It's comedy, but it's like stand-up, um, open mic night if you want to go. That's when we went into that dungeon with the Buddha or the... the it was like Laughing Buddha or something. Yeah. yeah. And when that 17-year-old, no, 14-year-old came through and body slammed me on the mic... <laughs> 
<laughs> How do y'all think I'm doing? And I go, pretty average. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, he fucking... Uh... That's literally what happens. <laughs> I said, guys, how do y'all think I'm doing? And everyone goes, woo, and whatever. And Greg starts saying something. Above average. Above uh, above average. Or something That's like right. That. And only average came through. But only average the, comes the out. stopped. And, <laughs> and he got so fucking spent. Got torn apart. Yeah. <laughs> By like a what at that point was like a fourteen year old sitting front and center the whole time. It was like not quite front, but like perfect seat. You know, like a rowback, kind of like the exact right seat for it. The exact right seat for him to see everything he needed to know about Frank to tear him apart. Oh yeah, no, I mean he went from the tie through to the shoes to. There was but nothing it was so off. easy. He would just constantly go back to him too. Yeah. Like, oh right yeah. There. So like you keep going, you'd be like, "How was that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, because at that point he's got the crowd on his side, and it, everybody fucking hates Frank. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was an absolute disaster, is what it was. I like how oh, you got in there because you were going to see like stand-up comedians. They're like, "We got this open mic over here." You're like, "Ah, oh, it's gonna be fucking subpar." Meanwhile, well, fast up forward. until up until then, it was pretty like it was chill. It was fun, but it wasn't that good. Um, and then this kid came on. Until and fucking I'm, Randy all Savage was, grabbed the mic and started <laughs> macho yeah, man his way through it, Frank's life. <laughs> he was like halfway through his set and he goes, how do you guys think I'm doing? And everybody's like, yeah. And I look over at Bill and I go, oh, he's above average. And then average was all that like anybody else heard. And that was the end of that. <laughs> That makes me yeah. so it's, fucking happy. Did, did <laughs> lot of, it was the true. best part was you trying to defend yourself. But it was I was there was something that I said before you didn't hear it before. Said. I said that's not, not what I said. You know, there's not gonna be a conversation. Oh no, one of you has a microphone. To hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does this thing work? Yeah, it does. You don't have one of these, do you, asshole? All right, we're gonna go with this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. oh it was fun though. That is still one of the best dudes I've ever seen. It just like an open mic, uh, and I I can't for the life of me that remember kid's what his name, name was or anything. That kid's name, Dave Chappelle. Yep. <laughs> oh yep, that's true. Sam <laughs> is a fourteen year old. Oh, it's like time warp. Topic. Katie and I did catch a uh, Aziz Ansari show that was like just put out on Twitter and. I think I responded to the tweet or something. It was a lottery, and he picked from people who were like retweeted it or something. Oh, or something. And I just happened to see it, and I did it, and I didn't think I'd win, and he picked me. So we got two tickets. And so we got two tickets, awesome. and he was like testing out this new material that he was gonna. You it know. was an audience of like a hundred people. It cost like. That's really cool. Bucks. Yeah, that was dope. The Cherry Theater. Yeah, uh, that's really nice. East Village. East Village. The the biggest regret I have is when we were still living there. Um, I had multiple times gotten picked for the like so Trevor Noah had just moved to the States and he was doing this like ticket raffle for every night. And he, he did shows for like two months straight, almost every night. Um and <laughs> It was at a small theater too. It was like 200, maybe 300 seats. And 
you could win the raffle and just go see the show. And multiple times I got picked and I never had enough notice or had plans with work or whatever. And yeah, he was just doing it in Brooklyn. You could just go see him. And if you wanted to pay like ahead of time, I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks or something, but he just had a limited number of seats that you could buy. And yeah, Trevor Noah was cheap back in the day. You didn't even need to, no one knew him. He was just doing the underground circuit in New York. Well, and but in South Africa they knew him, and like it's oh, he would sell out arenas, yeah. Cousin, he would be like, "What the hell were you thinking?" (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I, I just literally never had time. I, but we did see Lady Smith when the old man was still alive, so that was cool. That was Harvard Harvard Theater. That was uh ten years ago. Uh, this month actually, Mrs. Bryan is so ashamed of that photo. She made me pull it down off of Facebook and Twitter. And uh, who who's that in the middle? Is that Joe Rogan? Yeah, yeah, it's Joe Rogan with hair. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> Look how short that man is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that human. He's sterile now. He's sterile. Eighty-five percent chance. Yeah, Fifteen, hopefully. not though. The, the world would be so lucky. <laughs> Um, I forgot that like I came up in my Google photos, like, remember this? And I was like, fucking shit. Yeah, I do remember that. So I sent it to Mrs. Brian and she goes, I'm so fucking ashamed of myself. Don't ever show that to anyone. So of course I shared it with y'all. Um, and then she put a string of emojis that ended with the fucking horse face emoji, <laughs> which I was like, yeah, that works. That makes sense. That tracks. It's uh, <sighs> so good. Yeah. That man is really, I mean, bought in. Is he really that different than Tom DeLonge, though, when it comes to a person that was at some point talented, funny, not crazy, or maybe was crazy, but hid the crazy, and now they're just batshit insane? Like Tom DeLonge and his alien song, everybody just needed to believe him. And we thought it was funny. He was like, nope. Uh, this is real. And <laughs> Take he's like, I don't, I don't know why you guys are laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the fucking scariest thing that anybody could say. Like, why, uh, why, why are y'all laughing? What's, yep. what's so fucking funny? Oh, uh, he went along with the bit until he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Until, yeah. Until everybody else got off board. And they're like, Oh no. Hey mom, there's something in the bathroom. I think it's this whole song is not a joke. <laughs> I'm being very serious right now. Please stop. I'm laughing. gonna tell you stories about my real life experiences with aliens. Oh, that's good, Frank. <laughs> my name is Tom, and I do believe they're real. I'm not like you guys. Uh huh. <laughs> Aliens took me. Wow! Okay, now I have to. I've labeled crazy. Do you think aliens are real, Frank? I think, and I, yeah, I mean, I think there's life somewhere else. I think there are things that cannot be explained flying around. The U.S. government admits to it. Whether there's secret space programs by non-U.S. entities, whether they're actual out-of-this-world spacecrafts, as yet to be defined, um, I think Tom DeLonge also believes in like significantly more extreme things. 
So the alien thing was just easy to jump on because it was funny and he wrote a whole song about it. Um, okay. But he, he has a lot of crazy. Tom DeLong has a lot of crazy and there's part of it that might be not so crazy, but also parts that are, you know, I mean, he does believe he is like some spiritual leader sent here <laughs> and has, he has a cult following like Jared Leto. Like right. it's, it's nuts yeah. there. He's, he's totally insane. But yeah, no, I do believe I do believe that obvious. Well, I mean, at this point, if you don't believe it, you're not listening to um, experts that there are things that we can't explain. Yeah, no, I'm we're talking to uh, listen, not our listeners are not this way, but we're asking the same group of people who are deciding to take horse dewormer instead of a fucking proven vaccine. So fuck are we doing? Uh, same group, same group. You can't separate them because they're all fucking mixed in together. Once there's piss in the pool, you can't take it out. I think that's it's true. Like, it's true. No, no, no. But I'm not racist. I'm just saying. I'm just isn't saying. It interesting. <laughs> I think so, I find it real God. interesting. Here's the deal. Uh, Tom DeLong was linked to Skinwalker Ranch for a little while. You guys know what Skinwalker Ranch is? Isn't no. that the gymnastics ranch? No, that is that's that's different. I don't know what the fuck that is. That sounds gross and very. It's Sandusky. something with an S. It's it is something with an S. I'll okay. look it up. Skinwalker Ranch is like one of the most they're highly active, um, unexplained happenings, uh, places of of happenings in the United States, and it was uh, it's a giant uh, plot of land that was purchased um, that was once uh, Native American land. And the tribe that lived there practiced uh, what they basically. You remember, uh, Villem? You watched Reservation Dogs, right? Yeah. You remember when they went to see their uncle, and uh, they kept calling him. Uh, fuck, did they call him? A shapeshifter. A shapeshifter. Yeah. Same. Same principle. Hey. Uh, hey. Don't yeah. Do that. <laughs> it's, it's, just you love that. No, I know. I'm not doing it. Like, okay. I, I don't think Villain was culturally appropriating a fucking, <laughs> a fucking <laughs> sound. Sometimes, and I feel like he's going to do it at the wrong moment. I just moment. love it when he does that. It's fucking, it's okay. It's like Uncle Roger saying, hi, yeah. It's the same, the same situation. It's not a catchphrase, <laughs> but it is literally, at least Uncle Roger gave white people permission to say hi, yeah, like that. Uh, and encourages us to use it uh, and get get it out amongst the people. It's, I feel like it's sim- same uh, same lines. Not saying the same thing. Same lines. Anyway, Skinwalker Ranch is yeah, a place yeah. where shapeshifters and uh, chimera take place, uh, and uh, oh. is they have a lot of documented experiences that cannot be explained. Anyway, Tom DeLong uh, was trying to live on Skinwalker Ranch for a while. Um, that got shot down when the Skinwalker Ranch people talked to him. And I was like, yeah, no, that's fucking too he's crazy just, for me. He's just a weirdo. Like, he's he's really weird. He has all these fucking weird, like, out there beliefs, even more so than just, like, believing UFO exists. He's like, there's this whole conspiracy and this whole world that's hidden behind oh, XYZ. When you get into it and you realize that people who not only believe in UFOs believe in different uh, races of alien who are walking amongst us. You have the tall grays yeah. and you have the short grays. And then you have the fucking, it, it's it's a whole goddamn thing. If you want to learn more about it, there's some really good podcasts that uh, don't take it too seriously while taking it way too seriously at the same time. Over on last podcast on the left, they do entire fucking series, including on Skinwalker Ranch, which is very, very interesting. Matter of fact, we're emerged tonight, so boom. Yeah, so it's it is definitely like uh, it's a bit different. He's 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 he is a real weird dude. 
Speaking, um, speaking of punk uh, music, which I don't know why I always equate this to this person, um, but I have been listening to Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. Uh, listen to one today based on Rhodesia. Turns out uh, the place sucks. Bunch, bunch of fucking assholes. Didn't know that until today. I know. You didn't know Rhodesia was a racist country? Did, I assumed just, you know, geography yeah. and uh, timeline Ooh. of... Of, of Can I tell success? you about Rhodesia? What, what do you know about Rhodesia? Yeah, I thought the only thing I knew of Rhodesia before this morning when I listened to a fucking two hour podcast on it, again, very white, very sorry, um, was that the Rhodesian Ridgeback was a very beautiful dog. And that's all I fucking knew of the place. Um, Man, very sweet dog, unfortunate name. <laughs> do what? We only know about it because we're from there. It's not like we're well, over there. Yeah, we're it turns out I feel like. I feel like the rest of the world probably needs to know a little bit more about why that place sucks. Oh yeah, the whole scram—the whole scramble for Africa. You yeah, should do a ton of research on that because it's a whole fucked up situation. But, but the podcast lines led by donkeys. I didn't realize that our own Troy was was moonlighting over there. Frank, have you have you heard the podcast? Any any of the podcasts on on any of the subjects? Sorry. Which cast are you talking about? Lions, Lions led by donkeys. Oh yes, yeah, I have. I have. Okay, do you know the co-host Nick? Yes, aka Troy. They're the same fucking person. They have the same yep. laugh. They have the same voice. They uh, do. I, they're the same fucking person. It's insanity. If I knew for a, if I didn't know for a fact that Nick lived in Washington State and or parts of Texas, uh, mm-hmm. was involved in the government work somehow, and also uh, did uh, reenactments like war reenactments, which. No, he's like a full-on LARPer. Oh, yeah, fucking way out there. Uh, but other than that, same fucking person. It's wild. Just let Willem take take an hour. Go listen to the uh, the Nazi rocket plane that tried to kill itself. Uh, listen to that episode and tell me that Troy is not fucking cheating on us with the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. Okay, well, so what's the name of the podcast again? Lions what? Lions Led by Donkeys. Yeah, it's a good one. Fantastic. Um yeah, so Rhodesia is actually kind of interesting because they uh, they also had apartheid and <clears throat> it was way more violent. It was way more um, racially charged. And then, well, I mean, you can't really be more racially charged than apartheid. It was just a lot more aggressive. Yeah, well, I was going to say, they also, they, they were like that hot fuse that burned quick. Yeah. Because they so, were openly killing black people in the streets, not trying to segregate them, just killing them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I was trying to, um, kind of, you're trying to downplay apartheid, (laughs) tease people to go listen to it. (laughs) No, 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 it's just straight up murder. No. Um, So the point is, you're right. You're right. So it was, it was a, it was a much shorter period. It was about 10 years. And then, um, well, I guess it was about 18 years, but, um, in the end, they, uh, they uh, they lost power. Mugabe took over, and they became Zimbabwe. And Mugabe just did everything that they did back to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, he even uh, gave some pro Hitler speeches. Yeah, which is wild. What? So uh, it's inter- It is actually a pretty interesting thing to go watch because I think it kind of will maybe make Americans realize how important important it is that they have always been especially white americans again 
that they've always been the majority in this country. And um, what could have happened had they not been um, with all the atrocities that they've committed uh, to others, or not them, but their ancestors have, because these things don't always play out to where the majority, you know, still is the majority um, or is the majority when they commit all these atrocities. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like Africa, it's happened a couple of times, but Rhodesia is one of the worst ones. Um, Does it go over the name at all? Does it go over what? The name? No, and, and no, and the I should say the point of the podcast was covering all the people who fought for Rhodesia who were not from there. Mm-hmm. Um, which there was that was the point of the podcast and was really interesting because it was a bunch of fucking white nationalists uh, went to fight over there, which is weird. <laughs> they dispelled the yeah. rumors that a bunch of Vietnam veterans uh, and, and like became mercenaries to go fight there. Like the people who were from the Vietnam War uh, who went to fight in Rhodesia on behalf of the fucking racist side, <laughs> white people's side, uh, was they were a bunch of fuck. They called them wounded eagles or crippled eagles. That's what it was because they were Vietnam veterans who were like missing fingers and uh, who were blind in one eye and who were basically destitute. Uh, in America, they couldn't adjust to living in uh, the United States. So they had to go fight another war. Or who were addicted to fighting communists. And and, uh, even the Rhodesian uh, army was like, ah, let's let's not get too upset with communism, okay? Because Russia is still around here and we want to make sure we don't piss them off too much. Uh, And also... More about hating black people than hating communism. All right, so let's just get on board and let's just uh, let's come but on. You know, come on. okay. So two two things: the white nationalist warfare was and has always been perfected in that part of the world. Like I think people really underestimate how much the militias in America and the militias in Europe learned from and are learning from militias that have existed in South Africa for a very fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Um. The only difference is, is we don't give those militias airtime in Africa, um, in South Africa specifically, uh, because we have so many people who realize how crazy they are. So, like, we have this group who, if, if you ever see Fox News broadcast something about South Africa, just immediately take it with a grain of salt. Because 99% of that stuff comes from an organization named Afroforum which is the forum for the advancement of the Afrikaans people, the Afrikaners. Um, And they are inherently a racist organization. They are filled with diabolical white nationalists. They're propaganda everywhere. Um, So if you see anything by Afroforum, just don't even read it. There's nothing about Afroforum that is a, a reliable news organization or even a reliable organization when it comes to an opinion of what's happening in the country and afroforum has been mainstreamed in america as a talking uh, like a talking head for white south africans so whenever tucker carlson um interviews someone he interviews the head of afroforum whose name is ernst roots who was one of the most racist people during apartheid Mm mm-hmm um, so Ernst Roots is like rooted in racism, no pun intended, but like he, he's never been respected on any liberal front to fight for democracy for all. Um, he only cares about the white people. And he's not related to Nappy Roots at all, right? No, no, not not in this case. Um, so Common in any case, like 
we've we've perfected and i know i said this like six years ago on this cast all the shit you're seeing from the american right talking against black lives matter talking against a government that's not uber christian nationalists all that shit those talking points got perfected in south africa they're not they're not new um the nazis were too extreme and got annihilated so then a lot of them moved to south africa they were like well maybe we can't talk about jews quite like that so then they all got together made up this plan to where you can just you know essentially be racist without being called racist um and just dance around you know pivot around that point um in those times and then they didn't adapt quickly enough so then they were super racist and then they started pivoting around being super racist and being like well how do we tone this down um but don't don't ever yeah don't, don't don't mistake yourself like what is happening here has been happening in south africa for over 100 years this is not new yeah. uh there are a couple things so do you guys know about the name rhodesia at all Mm-mm. it is after cecil rhodes so his last oh nice rhodes. yeah so a piece of, of shit Who's this man? Yeah. So here's the book that I read or am reading on this subject. It's called Diamonds, Gold, and War. It's by Martin Meredith, and it is about all of this, like that the scramble for Africa, but that specific part, like Southern Africa, and it starts back from like the uh, when it first was like a trade route to the east and whatever, and then how the Cape colony grew and expanded and whatever, and how the British drove the, the Afrikaners out inland and how the Afrikaners displaced people and claimed territory for themselves and all that. Um, but Cecil Rhodes was a man who uh, was an early like prospector or whatever. He had like gone to Oxford and mm, studied. He was a and yeah. He just kind of like, he was uh, he was the guy who went to school and fucked around and like didn't get his degree or whatever and then but he was destined for big things you know <laughs> whatever well so he was part of nobility he was part of nobility so he had to get he worked for the crown and well, they had to find a part job of nobility, for him. but he did work for the government at some point but he ended up in Africa and I can't remember the exact details but he but I do remember or I do know that he they've like found fucking diamonds and from there it was just about like the only pursuit was to find new gold reefs they found a gold reef on in a place called the Witwatersrand and this was the largest gold reef that had ever been found in the world or some shit like this. They also found the Victoria diamond deposit, which is like now the largest diamond mine ever or whatever. And are you uh, saying, are you saying gold reef? They call it a reef. Yeah. It's like a reef deposit. It's a certain kind it's of way. Large, it's like in bands, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's literally it's like on the surface. It's like, it's the easiest to reach sort of, Fucking learned a new term today. That's I love, yeah. love learning new uh, shit. But no, so like they, so what they did was they started with like bits of land, and then they would just like 
if they found something valuable, then they'd be like, well, those people have land over there, and there's going to be valuable shit over there. And then they'd, like, destabilize completely and, like, turn factions against each other or, like, straight up just fucking attack. (laughs) Like, you know, and it was all just chaos. And it's, like, in the name of the crown, but the crown had zero control over anybody. And this man ends up with his own country named after himself through all of this. And just destroys the tribal makeup of the entire region. He ended up with his own country and founded De Beers, which you can still buy shit from today. Yeah. I do like to yep. drink some De Beers. Oh, different. Yeah. different, different. So, so let me tell you one story from this. There, there was one tribe uh, who was completely passive. Okay. Allowed them whatever. If, if they were like, we would like to prospect on your land, they would go, yes, go prospect there and whatever. And they knew what was happening, right? Good they vibes only tribe. But they were like, we're not going to like retaliate, right? Like we're not going to give them a reason and whatever. And when it came down to it, when they finally invaded the capital, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but when they finally invaded the capital, everybody fled and like deserted the area. And when the white people arrived, the only thing they found left were two other white people sitting there playing cards. Wow. And they didn't they had didn't kill them, they didn't massacre anybody. Like just to prove this fucking point of like ultimate, you know, uh pacifism. Yep. And there's there's a lot of tribes like I mean <laughs> It's it's very similar to the Native American story where a lot of tribes trusted people in the beginning and the British just came and just annihilated. So one one more thing. Um if you like I, I grant granted it is a high honor, but if you want to do something that could help, um there is a movement that wants to rename the Rhodes Scholarship because it's this guy is the um, that's where the money came from. I personally have kind of thought about this for a while and quite frankly, the road scholarship should maintain, but it should go to fund black entrepreneurs in Africa. Um, and instead of sending people to college, it should fund businesses. And if they do need to go to college, it should also fund that. But, um, this man destroyed so many lives. Uh, he's honestly despicable, and anybody who talks about him in a kind manner is just a guy who happened upon some gold <laughs> and some diamonds. Uh, really needs to go study up on history. Like, yeah, he wasn't like a, a fucking forty nine er prospector in the, the west of the United States oh. panning for gold. No, this dude is fucking yeah, yeah. And he was gay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he was well, Jesus, you got to fucking bring it all down now, like. I... <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, so he he did he was noble. He married into nobility in Poland. Um, so he he ended oh, up. Really? Uh, yeah, but like nobility in Poland, what is that? You know, at that time it was high don't, high time. It, don't fucking bring me down here. Don't bring me down. Okay, okay sorry. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> her name was um, Z- in any case, Her name was so, Zenon, and she was noble. That but that book is good. I need to go read that book. I read uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of other Jared Diamond books that really touched on um, 
Cecil Rhodes because Cecil Rhodes was the original pillager. He did not go into it to kill people, but eventually that's what it took to keep getting returns. Right. So like that's what people don't realize is once you see this kind of success, the way colonialism worked, eventually you had to go to killing or resort to killing to keep gaining power, gaining land. Um, and yeah, I mean, Alexander the Great proved it. There's you either surrender or you're all going to die. Right. Like that was his whole thing. So it's not it's not new. The only thing that is kind of ish new um, at that point in time was they were fighting tribes that were so outgunned that you would have thought they would have felt some kind of remorse, but they never actually saw them as humans. So I'll close out on this because that was one of the first things that uh, they they kind of um, uncovered or dis, uh, dis, dispelled, I guess, or that uh, ro- the, at one point in time, Rhodesian army or the Rhodesian infantry was touted as like the best, they were the best soldiers on the planet. Yeah, and, they were mostly Zulu. Well, that turned out that uh, the reason they were touted as being most successful is because a lot of the early uh, battles that they had, a lot of the early encounters they had, they were the only ones with fucking guns and mm-hmm. they were just massacring hundreds of people. Uh, and they were like, Oh, they're super efficient. They are born killers, the Rhodesian infantry. And then they realized that, um, uh, they, uh, uh, sucked. Honestly, they were really fucking bad and people were leaving as fast as they were as fast as possible. And by people, I mean, uh, all people of eligible fighting age. Um, and to the point where Rhodesian government, paid people uh like two hundred dollars a month to fight in the rhodesian army um the issue is that once they started fighting in less than a year uh after they like started this rollout uh they switched their money uh, from the pound to the rhodesian dollar or the rhodesian pound which was basically the same as handing someone monopoly money and fucking turning them loose because it had no value they couldn't buy anything with it and so people were then stuck with two hundred dollars of fucking fake Fake money. Nothing, they they nothing. couldn't even get themselves back home to their fighting, you know, to their country, which they left to fight. So a lot of people hightailed it to South Africa. A lot of Americans, white Americans who uh, joined the forces, the, over 80% of them just jetted. If they weren't killed by their own fire, uh, they bounced to South Africa, which was just fucking great because they couldn't afford wow. to get shot at anymore. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, all of these these tribes that occupied sub-Saharan Africa, they were all at war um, a lot of the time as well. So there was, there was always a fight for land, not over resources for the most part, but um, to your point, one of the most kind of respected tribes in that area when colonialism was taking place was the Zulu tribe because they, um, they were essentially like the Japanese in World War II. Like, they would do shit that they're like, okay, we might kill you fucks, but we're sending a hundred. And they would run at bullets. Like, they did not give a shit. So, f- for a while, there weren't colonial armies big enough to go take their land. And they ended up killing a bunch of people and taking their guns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Zulus, <clears throat> for a lot of their history, actually protected their land. Um, fairly well and then you had obviously some of the more passive tribes never never having 
that even in their belief system. So, yeah, I mean, Africa, the, the history of Africa is always a history that's just riddled in warfare. And it's really unfortunate because it can be much more than that. Yeah, no, it's fucking wild. I didn't know this shit was even, like I said, I felt dumb, but at the same time, like, how the fuck would I have ever learned about Rhodesia uh, other than, like, mm-hmm. uh, what you have screamed at me um, various times that Zimbabwe sucks, and I just assumed that whatever was before Zimbabwe also, in fact, sucked. So I just took it as gospel and went from there, which turns out right, but right for a whole bunch of different other reasons that uh, are far more gross. Yeah, yeah. So Zimbabwe sucks for very different reasons than Rhodesia sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Similar things, but very different. Yes, kind of, but different. It's like uh, yeah. a quarter pounder. Yeah, it's kind of like the Big Mac, but it's got a special no. sauce on it, you know, and that special sauce is fucking white supremacy and yeah. white nationalism. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a through line of McDonald's too, folks. Don't Don't forget it. I'm sure, yeah. it's in there somewhere. It's on the dollar menu, actually. Yeah. They try to recruit as many of you to go. Can I get some white supremacy? Running the bullets as possible. Can I get a medium fries and white supremacy? Like, oh, I'm sorry, our soft serve machine is fucking broken again yeah, today. Eighty-five percent chance this is ivermectin in it. Damn it! Uh, before we wrap up, uh, y'all did see that McDonald's won the lawsuit that allows them to fix their own goddamn ice cream machines at their at their locations. <laughs> that's funny yeah has this hold on has this been like since croc that this contract has been in place no they couldn't it's, do been, that? it's been since like the mid 90s or some shit. okay some uh some i was gonna say this dude had like three tiered monopolies going on within very, his own company <laughs> very similar because it was a former mcdonald's employee who left mcdonald's started taylor the ice cream uh, machine manufacturer and Taylor wrote into the original contract with McDonald's that McDonald's or they had to use Taylor service engineers to fix all problems. And then they wrote code in their fucking ice cream machines that wouldn't display to the user as to what was wrong with it. So a Taylor engineer had to come in, engineer had to come in and fix each machine. Good for them. Good it, for them. It was like get tw- the fucking man. It was like $1200 per service visit as well. So like Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, a brand new soft serve tailor cost you $7400. Yeah. So Yeah, it's I mean, that insane. is a significant that's actually similar to Samsung. Fuck it. Buy it McDonald's, you assholes. Yep. So, yeah, they uh that 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 that's happening. So hopefully we can get our uh, fifteen hundred calorie McFlurries back, baby. So you know. man, so now that brings a whole different kind of thought into your mind. The number of times you've gone to a McDonald's and the machine's not working. Yeah. Oh, dude, there was a whole fucking conspiracy video about out of I think that Vice did over the summer, or uh, I guess over the it was is during the pandemic. So you know, it could have been May of twenty twenty, or it could have been last week. All the same fucking thing. And, <laughs> And uh, the documentary was based on, like, why are the fucking machines always broken? And they did the math on it, and they were like, okay, if you're an independent franchisee, like, sure, you want to cut costs as much as possible. How much? It's a dollar uh, cone uh, for soft serve ice cream? Okay, cool. But it's like four or $500 to come out for a service visit. So fuck you. We're not, like, it, it's going to take a minute for us to service Yeah, and how this. many times do I need to get that service? And because you couldn't read the service codes, you had no idea what the fuck was wrong with it. It literally could have been a turn it off, turn it back on, but, like, on an inside switch. Uh, mm-hmm. Until some dude made a, basically, a Raspberry Pi-powered code reader for 
those Taylor machines and started selling it on essentially the black market, I guess, over the internet. And some franchisees were buying it and using That's it to fix their own machines. That's when the lawsuit came. The lawsuit came, and the like. I think it made it all the way to some like uh, appellate court. And they were like, get the fuck out of here. No, we're not doing but that. That's shit. a huge that sets a huge precedent for right to repair, period. Exactly. On anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's one of the one of the things that uh I feel like should be a, a generational like so, coming together. Like everybody can agree that we yeah, should so, be able to fix our so shit. Fuck McDonald's and thank God McDonald's sued. Yeah. <laughs> like who would have thought that McDonald's comes out as the good guy in twenty twenty one? The fuck is happening? God, I got a big ass IT band cramp just now. I'm sorry. Oof. Okay. What We're back. Is, what is an what is an IT band cramp? It's be- the one that goes between your butt and your thigh. Ah, I thought you had to turn your router off and turn it back on. I was so confused. No, no. It it just literally when I kicked my foot out, just went shh. Yeah. One more time. That was pretty consistent. Those two you could put on loop, and I bet you'd be hard-pressed to find a difference in both tonation, inflection, length. Tonation, huh? Yeah. All right, wrap it up. It's it's, it's, uh, what people who have a foot fetish call themselves. We're part of the tonation, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to this and every episode of Nobody Left Behind. Uh, if you feel so inclined, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If Remember, if you're leaving us a rating, fucking 500 stars, many as you can give us, baby. We'll take them all. Um, uh, feel free to check us out over on our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram at Nobody Left Cast. Uh, rumor has it that there is a Facebook page. I don't know. Uh, Facebook business manager is a real motherfucker to operate. So if you've been messaging us over there on uh, Facebook, welcome to the 21st century. Uh, go ahead and hit us up over on one of the real uh, good social medias. Uh, like uh, we're on Parler. Uh, we're on fucking <laughs> ivermectin.org. Uh, we're going to have a new post up over there. And uh, uh, YouTube. Also YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right brian we're on january 6th why are we on par <laughs> yeah. i i was hot baby it was trending so i uh, got nblb secured over there you know i don't want anybody we were, else to have it <laughs> yeah we actually locked down the it's all for the clout and we were we were close to securing an OnlyFans account but yeah they took the sexual anybody, anybody wants that they, i don't think anybody wants they took the sexual time. aspect off and i was like i'm out bro like a fucking hardcore only yeah um, no, they verify dicks over there. I'm not even joking. How do you know that? I, I'm kidding. I'm, oh, I was, I was like, I'm <laughs> could you kill imagine being the person to be like, that's not his dick? All right, let's get the fucking, <laughs> let's get to scale here. We're pulling background yeah. images out. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we've derailed, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for Brian, until next time, I am out. For Willem and Tulsa, thank you for listening. For Frank. In Austin, remember, if your wife sends you for six cans of Sprite, pick up seven. I'm out. 